Welcome from the City of Entertainment. You are listening to Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFong. The only show that really gets personal with the stars. Partnered with Casino Player Magazine, a monthly gaming lifestyle publication with over 88,000 paid subscribers nationally, which now features LaFong's syndicated columns and backstage videotaped interviews online. Our website is lasvegasbackstagetalk.com, where the show is currently streaming live. Now, please welcome your host, comedian Michelle LaFong. Hey, hey, we have comedian Shang Forbes in a face-to-face videotaped interview on Las Vegas Backstage Talk. We're talking about his upcoming Showtime special, Shang is Shangri. Oh, what an interview this is. But first, we are going to iconic movie star, the legendary Debbie Reynolds. Wish I knew if he knew what I'm dreaming of. Hello there, Michelle. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to do this. Well, it's I, my, my pleasure. Are you still doing Senior Winces? Oh, yes, I am. I can't believe you remember that. <laughs> oh, I remember everything that you did. You're a very talented young lady. You are the best. Debbie Reynolds, let me tell you. What people don't, not everyone knows about you is Debbie Reynolds sings and dances, but she is like one of the best comedians I know. And Thank an impressionist. You, my and a great impressionist, you know, because I'm an impressionist, but you put me to shame on some of them. You know, like your Joshua oh, no. Gabor kills me. Kills yeah, me. well, I'm best. I'm. I do her the best. I'm sorry, but I do the, because I know her and Eva and I know Eva and the mother. <laughs> I knew the whole family, you know. <laughs> Well, and Catherine Hepburn, I mean, I do great Catherine Hepburn, you know. I love it. I love to do impressions. I think that is incredible that people don't know. So many people think that when they come to see Debbie Reynolds, they're just going to get singing and, you know, a little talking. They don't realize that you're the comedian that you are. No, unless they've known me a long time, but I don't really advertise about the... Um, you know, impressions like Rich Little, I, I don't make that my thing. You know, having come from movies, from musicals, that's sort of, le- I just let it lay there, you know, that I'm an entertainer. Absolutely. What I admire about you the most is your ability to have such longevity in this business. I mean, I know how difficult it is. I, I really do. And being a female, you've got to admit, that's, uh, it's difficult. But you've done it. Well, yeah. No, they, when you start to get a little older, I think they just think you should go out to pasture and <laughs> eat the grass. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do. So. And do you think it's the same for um, men uh, who perform? Do you think they have the same ageist issues? 
No, no, no. Men have, still have an advantage over women all the way. They don't have to, well, unless you're in drag, they don't have to put on <laughs> lipstick and do their hair and they take a shower and on the stage they go. And uh, they can work till they faint, you know. I mean, uh, George Burns and all the singers, Al Martino and Dean Martin and everybody today can work to whatever age and the guys you know, but not true. always the girls I, you know what but you break that mold you give me hope I look at you and <laughs> I'm like wow I, it's incredible every time I pop on a sitcom there you are playing some crazy mother I love it yeah <laughs> I mean you found uh, a way I just say it, uh, there shouldn't be any anything stopping you you should just mow through it you know and just ignore or whatever prejudice there is, just try out for everything and take any part, work in the old place. You know, I always say I work toilets. <laughs> you know, you work an incredible schedule. I don't know if you realize how crazy your schedule really is. I get tired oh, just reading yeah. about it. Yeah, I do work awfully hard uh, on purpose, so uh, I'm always afraid if I don't take the job, I'll never get another one, so I just <laughs> say yes to everything. I think all comedians or comics, really, the women that, that I, I say comedians that, like yourself, you know, that do impressions and that do other than just singing vocal, I don't say just because, after all, singers are wonderful and great, but if you have... Um, like a multitude of talents, and God gave that to you. Enjoy them. I couldn't agree with you more. I have to say, uh, the highlight of the Oprah Winfrey show was seeing you and your daughter, Carrie Fisher, uh, who had that HBO uh, Uh, special, Wishful Drinking. And the way Oprah gave you both your own time, and then you two... I mean, started singing together, and there wasn't a dry eye in the house. Even well, watching, it was a nice moment. Yeah. Did you feel that too? Was it surprising to you when that moment happened? Did it happen for you as well? Well, we have never really performed together since Carrie was sixteen before she did Star Wars, and she has a great voice, and she never sings. Talk about someone that never talks about what she really does great because she doesn't want to be known as Eddie Fisher or Debbie Reynolds. She wants to be Carrie Fisher. So she doesn't do this one great talent, which is her voice, which is Eddie's voice, because he had a great voice. I don't have a bad voice. And you have a got... great voice, Debbie. Stop <laughs> it. Oh, my goodness. Well, I like jazz, and I like, uh, you know, the 40s music and standards and things like that, Gershwin and all that sort of stuff. But Carrie has that, and yes, I did feel that it was a wonderful moment because it was sincere and real, and uh, we both love each other, and it was we never do get to perform together because she's so busy with her career, and she doesn't really want to do it. So she always says no to it. Now, I would say yes, you know me, I'll say yes to everything, but she does <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you you are extremely humble. I I I, I remember, you know, back when you had your hotel. I mean, there, you were the hardest worker. Even in the hotel, you would you couldn't stand if it was dirty in there. I was like, Debbie, you're a movie star. What are you doing? You're cleaning up. No, no. 
Yeah, I used to vacuum. <laughs> it's amazing. I you're, yeah, you're just I care killing. about everything, and I'm I'm really corny that way. Let me ask you: When you were on Oprah, um, did anything about her interview with Carrie or you surprise you in any way? Well, I always try to hold back with Carrie. I don't try and be funny or be a comic at her. You know, I I, I don't want to come off as if I'm trying to upstage her well just trying to be funnier because actually I am rowdier and I am more outspoken than than she is so I always try to back off a little bit and I I think that it came off that I was respectful to absolutely absolutely I I I was really so touched by your relationship with her because mother-daughter relationships are pretty difficult. Do you think that you're hard on Carrie as a performer? I'm not hard on Carrie any which way. Uh, I'm, I try not to be critical. My daughter's a man's depressive bipolar, and that's a disease, you know, and it's a mental disease, and she has a hard time with mood swings and all that. And sure. she's just, she's done remarkable for a, a person with, with problems, and she's achieved a great deal because most uh, young talents with that kind of a problem uh, wind up so in the drugs and uh, sure. wind up dead. You know, they don't make it. Wow. Well, that's great that you can appreciate it. Did it take you a while to get to that place? Well, I had to study it. You know, I bought every book, and I I studied uh, what was wrong with my child. And I wanted to be aware of the conditions and what can you do to help. And you you have to butt out. You You have to remain very patient and philosophical, and you have to love them more than the moment. You have to love the child and realize that the problem is nothing that they created or you created, but you have to live with it. Wow, Debbie Reynolds as a mom. I wish Debbie Reynolds was my mom. Not that I don't love my mom. I love my mom, but Debbie Reynolds as my mom. I can't imagine. We could do great impressions together. (laughs) (laughs) That is so great. They need to catch me while I'm still alive. That's important. You know, that's a great uh, thing to put in needlepoint. Catch me while I'm still alive. <laughs> Debbie Reynolds. That's the act while I'm, there, while I'm still here. Exactly. I love talking to you, darling, Thank and I you. remember the fun we had when we were together, and that's quite a long time ago. Exactly, and I miss you, and I miss those times, and I know they were good, bad, and, and indifferent. Some of them, were, they were bittersweet, you know, but I had a blast. I know that, you know, it wasn't all easy with all the business and all, but no, I love hard. you to death. I, I just so love you. Thank you so, so much. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with comedian Shang Forbes. We'll be right back. And you are listening to Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFong. Plus, we are streaming live at LasVegasBackstageTalk.com every Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And all previous shows are archived at LasVegasBackstageTalk.com. Please visit our website. 
When you walk into Dr. Gary Lee's Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic in Henderson, you'll love the design. Created as an elegant refuge of beauty, peacefulness, and tranquility. If cosmetic surgery is not right for you, then consider what Dr. Lee and the Horizon Ridge Wellness Center can do for you. Dr. Lee specializes in Botox. Cosmetic wrinkle filters, spider veins, laser skin technology, anti-aging wellness, and medical weight loss. At Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic, we help you look your best by giving you the inner confidence and strength to feel your best and to project this to the world. Call today, 702-938-0190 or on the web, at www.hrwellness.net The Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic Paradise Nail Bar is a new experience in service and atmosphere for full service manicure and pedicure services With two convenient Las Vegas locations we've expanded to a new facility in Southeast Las Vegas Eastern and Windmill as well as in Summerlin Come and enjoy our services at Paradise Nail Bar and Salon the finest in services for your salon and spa needs. Offering full-service hair salon, manicure and pedicure, massages and spa. At Paradise Nail Bar, we also do many petty parties for special occasions or any other reason you'd like. Have your party here with friends, beverages, and karaoke. Book now online 24-7 at paradisenailbar.com. Welcome back, and here's more of Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFong. Hey, hey, and we are here in Las Vegas with Shang Forbes, who has a brand new special coming out. A a special. A special. Why don't I have a special? This is so wrong. I I waited a long time. Shang is Shangri. Yes. How long did it take you to come up with that? Uh, no, actually, it's the name of my first album. My first album was called Shangri, so I was like, okay, when I do an hour special, I'm going to name it Shangri. And I didn't even actually come up with the name. I don't want to Oh, you didn't come up with another the name? Another comic. Uh, don't you hate that? Another comic was watching me on stage, and I got heckled, and I was just I just destroyed this guy. And he said, man, you were kind of Shangri up there. And I was like, oh, that, that's, that's great. I said, that's going to be the name of my album. That's and, a good uh, name for a book, too. Yeah, Shangri. So I was, uh, it was a guy, uh, it was a Republican in the audience, and I was going in on the Republicans, and he uh, didn't like it. So I, I hit him with a bunch of facts, and I started getting more wow. heated. And so, yeah. so how long have you been doing comedy officially? Uh, 26 26 years. Yes, 26 years. And you're from New York? Yeah, from New York. And where did you spend most of your time working your craft? Uh, New York, half. The, I'd say half and half, and then L.A. I went to L.A. When did you go to L.A.? I've been in L.A. Um, 14, 15 years. Ah, 14 or 15. What is the biggest difference between New York and L.A. for comedy? Wow, we're starting a war between the two. <laughs> no, you know what? The, the, the best thing about, I think, New York is much better because you have so many different type of people they can digest it diversity the the diversity of whereas in LA there's a tendency for it to be very separate and uh, but I I think that uh, New York's a better crowd I'll say that right now (laughs) but New York has seen everything yeah you'd have to pull a flaming rhino out your ass and be like that guy with the rhino 
But if I could do that, I'd be headlining everywhere. I'd have up my own show here in Vegas. Yeah, you know. The, Would you the, like one? Um, I, you know what? Uh, somebody had talked to me about it before. I'm not sure. I'm not sure because interesting. If you're not sure, you don't want one. There you go. Yeah, that's the answer right there. There you go. And you're better off, in my opinion. Really? Yes, yes. You're better off. Uh, a friend of mine had a show down here at the Palms for a long time, and he said after a while it warmed. Oh, it it really it does. I've had my own show on the Strip a few times. And it 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 starts wearing on you. Really? It's not easy. I mean, it's and it's like every day the same thing. Oh. It's like a cruise ship. Have you ever worked a cruise I've done ship? cruise ships, and I'd say about the third week, I wanted to jump into the exactly. water. I just said, you know what? Throw me in the propellers. <laughs> I don't care. And, you know, and one more old lady coming up to me going, I hate your language. You know? <laughs> I don't want you what's with the language. And so I, after that, I was like, you know. Isn't uh, it horrible? Yeah. It's horrible. But the money was good. So, exactly, uh, the, the money money's good. good. Yeah. That's why we keep falling for it over yeah. and over again. I know, and every time I swear I'll never do it again. And then you do it? Yes, I do it oh, again, man. yes. You have to. You have to. <laughs> uh, let me explain something. Comedians are whores. Somewhere in our heart, we are dirty, skeevy whores. <laughs> we want to do shows. I've done shows in a sushi bar. I mean, I, we're whores. So. What's the worst, now that you bring it up, yeah. what is the worst experience you have ever, in, that you laugh at now? When you look back, you just laugh. Wow. Um, I'd say I did a club called Stitches. It was in Philly. A uh, lady starts vomiting on the stage. I mean, literally vomiting on the stage. I'm slipping in the vomit. And, <laughs> and this is a, a proper comedy club. I go to come off the stage like, you know, show's <laughs> over. And this guy apparently was connected, and he was like, Get back up on that stage and finish your set. And I'm like, the, there's a lady puking. I don't give it. Wow. And so I go back on stage. I'm literally standing, like, trying to get around this woman. Just She's like, like there's a hose up her ass. Oh, and she's just, my God. And I, I'm trying to finish my set. And people are more laughing at the fact that I'm so grossed out. <laughs> no, this is a real story. I think people think, oh, you made that up. It's, a, it's and really it, true. It was the worst, and I finished my set. He goes, good set. Oh, wow. Like, what? what? That's hilarious. It's a good set. They'll clean off the stage. You got another show coming up. Whoa. Yeah, and I, I just I've like, never oh, heard a story like that stitches, before, stitches. I have to say. Guy, Stitches in Philly. It was have a, you ever worked in Australia? I did. I did half of the festival my son got sick and I came back home really yeah. oh that's I, too I did bad the, I went down there I was I did a couple pubs which were horrible really and then so I, I would did think the, they would love you in no, Australia I did, I down did, under I did, oh. I did good no I had good sets but I just I was it was long you had to be down there a month oh I know and then my, my son got sick and I, I backed out I was supposed to do gala I was supposed to do the, the big oh, show and I just geez. what a shame I and then but then I went back and did um I did Kilkenny Festival uh, in Ireland, and I went to London and did two of the festivals in London. So, what's yeah. your favorite international spot to play? Amsterdam. Why? Uh, the crowd. I was stunned how much they embraced the show and. Uchaded, Wow. No, I yeah, I loved I loved Amsterdam, and I would say London. Is it because and, everything's legal over there? No, I. But I, you know what? I don't, I don't, I don't do anything. I you don't, know? No, I don't smoke or drink. Or wow. What what got into you? I know. I I just. It just how uncomic like of you? What, how, what is? <laughs> you're supposed to be you know drunk and butt naked at the zoo. <laughs> Um, no, I'm just saying. I, I, I don't know. I just, you know, it's not my thing. And I, I've done it once and I have a child from that. So 
Uh, no, really. I, uh, another comic was like, you ever had a drink before? And so I was like, yeah, why not? You know, and so. Uh, and that's what happened. Wow. I have a, uh, I have a, but I have beautiful sons, so. No kids, two of them. One, yeah, well, the one from. Uh, oh, so you have one son. Yeah, I have two sons. Two the, sons. Yeah. I'm so confused. Yeah, I have, but the one was the, you know. Oh, he was from that. He was, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So you haven't drank since and you uh, don't smoke, you I don't, don't smoke, do anything. No. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, what do you I, do I to relieve your stress? Meth. <laughs> exactly. What do no, you do? No, I don't. Um, I, no, I watch car races. I, don't, I watch, uh, I love uh, MMA. I, I used to do that too. I used to do. Uh, oh, oh, really? Arts. Yeah, I, I was. Who did really, I interview? Uh, I used to be really Say it. into it. Randy Couture. Randy Couture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's who I just interviewed. Yeah, I, yeah. I used to be into it, but I was into it when it before it became what it is now. I, I was um, PK. It was called PK Full Contact, and then uh, uh, Master Go, uh, Master Kim, uh, Master Kim, Master Go, um, Big Frank Friedman. You know. Uh, so you were MMA no, and doing but, comedy? No, no, that was way before. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was way okay. Because what a yeah, combination was, that it, is. It, it hurt too much. Uh, Two Jews walk into a bar, uh, you know. And then you, oh, did, oh, then you choke oh, a guy out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, but, uh, oh, you don't want to laugh, huh? <laughs> exactly. Uh, no one's no. ever done that before. No. Maybe that would that be, would be a me. Great no, I know some guys. Really? I know some guys that are comics that are into it. But I mean, the the level it's at now, I don't do. I'm like, no, these guys, no, I, it's too much Epsom salt for me to be doing that soaking in a tub. I I'd rather jokes. Even if a joke bombs, I don't have to pick my teeth up. So I don't. I'm not into that now. But I watch. I'm, I'm that. I like watching that and, and my kids. And what did you lady. do before you did comedy? What kind of jobs did you? I was you an have? illustrator. I was an illustrator and. Uh, I did graphics. Oh, was I art. I was yeah. an art too. Interesting. Oh, yeah. I was, and I was a cartoonist. Yeah. Very interesting. I, How do you, what, I wonder what the correlation is between comedy and illustrating and cartooning. It, I think it's, it, it's it, any kind of artistic expression and you have to get it out in different ways. And if you don't get it out, yeah. you end up on a roof with a scope rifle. <laughs> That's what I've felt. So um, I went to art school and then I was working for a while and I just... You know, I just wanted to do stand-up. I was like, I want to do stand-up, and then... And you did it on a dare. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about that. Uh, Shane Forbes I went, yeah, on I went, a dare. I went to a club. There's a club called Who's On First. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Little In New York. Yeah, it's, it's actually big as an as a, as a anal It's really passage. small. It's, yeah. it's tiny. And a friend of mine, we went there a couple times to watch comics, and I loved it. And he said, I dare you, I dare you. And I really needed the money. I Like, I really needed the money. And he bet me, and he said, I'll bet you won't get on stage, and you won't do that. And I said, yeah, well. And guys, I was already goofball. And I went up, and I did really, really well. Really? Your and first like, time? First did time. you have friends in the audience? No. You mean just... Cold. Cold. Yeah. Did you know what you were going to say or um, do? I l literally went on the fly, and I, I had one joke about... Uh, so stupid. Uh, I had a joke about Godzilla having sex with the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> classic material. And I, um, and, uh, oh, uh, albinos, when they die, they go in bottles, they make bottles of whiteout. They cremate them and make bottles of whiteout. And that was my, that's my first set. And they would cremate them, and that's, that's where they went. And, I, and, it, and, it, and it did real well. And the guy, the, the owner was like, you should do this, you should do this. And then I was like, nah, nah, I got a job, I'm good. I come back. I did it again, and then I literally about six times in, I bombed horribly the sixth time, 
when I overthought it, I really wrote every word. Isn't that interesting? And I ate it. When I, you overthink it, you're oh, dead. I ate it. It was horrible. And after that, I said, you know what? I'm going to do this. <laughs> I'm not going to. I mean, they, they, they literally, I did so bad. As I was walking out the club, <laughs> people followed me out just to look at me going, <laughs> you, you are horrible. Horrible. I love stories like no, that. No, I, oh, I, oh. That's great. Like, like, my first joke, if there was a, like, an, a ghost with a, that was doing rim shots, that's how, it was like, I would do the joke and just wait and go, and <laughs> nothing, zero. And I was like, well, like, I trudged through my set, it was seven minutes, and it was absolutely horrendous, and it was, I mean, like, really bad. Really and, bad. And then uh, the guy came over and was like, well, maybe I was wrong. And that made me mad. And I was like, really? And then after that, I just went full blast and started. So you don't sound to me like somebody who's had a long history of bombing. No. Like a lot of comics, it takes them forever of bombing before they become a comic, right. a professional comic. But it sounds to me like you went there pretty quickly. I, I, um, I'd say, I, yeah, I was pretty, I, I did pretty well right off the bat. I didn't get a lot of bookings, and I was broke as hell, but... Yeah, so what I, do you do if you don't get bookings? I was working. I uh, I was doing shows, and I was getting 50... I was doing Catch a Rising Star, uh, uh, Louis Ferranda, who... So that's back in the 80s. Yeah, this is back... Yeah, and yeah. I uh, would do... When it was on 8th, I did Caroline's when it was on 8th, and then I was doing all of the clubs, but I was getting, like, you know, drinks and food and... Right. I think 15 50 bucks. No, I was getting 15. 15! And then... Uh, <laughs> So I was I worked on the docks I worked on the docks and then I was uh, doing that and I worked at uh, a liquor store on 62nd I, I was carrying the liquor from up and I would do it and then I would change clothes go do my set come back work on the docks from 12 at night till six in the morning sleep during the day and then Ooh. go to the show and then literally take my overalls with me change clothes because I was I started becoming a, like a freak I was like really like I want to do comedy. And my pops didn't speak to me for like two years. Why? Because he wanted me to, you know, because, you know, I, I had, What did he want had, you to do? He wanted me to, you know, go back. I had school. I, you know, I graduated from school and keep a job. I really didn't but think But you had that in your back pocket. You could do yeah, that anytime. He, he, he didn't think it's a real job. He thought comedy, he thinks the entertainment business is, is you know, bullshit. What does he think now? Well, no, he's he's gone now, but you can oh. hear me. But no, after I bought him a, I bought him a, um, <laughs> I bought him a forerunner. I'm serious. I bought him a forerunner. After that, he, he kind of changed yeah. his mind. He kind of came around. And after that, he was like, oh, "How'd you buy this?" First thing he thought is like, "Are you doing something illegal?" And I was like, "No, the jokes bought this, dude." <laughs> the jokes bought. Now shut up. It was more like that for me with him. I was right. like, "Like really?" You know. And so after I bought it for him, I, you know, he just he saw it legit, and he came to my show. I did. I headlined Caroline's. And uh, it was great. I had on Caroline's, and he came with his friends. All these old guys with cool ass apple caps on, and they all. That's came. great. It sounds like a Seinfeld story. It, but, it's, yeah, it's, but, it's great. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's very happy about it. And we have to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with much more Shang Forbes. Don't go anywhere, people. We'll be right back, and you are listening to Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle Lafon. Plus, we are streaming live at LasVegasBackstageTalk.com every Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And all previous shows are archived at LasVegasBackstageTalk.com. Please visit our website. 
How would you like to create a whole new you? That's right. That person you see in the mirror every day, well, you can change how you look and how you feel about yourself by calling Hairworks by Janice Fusaro. Janice Fusaro is the Maserati of hair extension with over 20 years of experience and is the best of Las Vegas, specializing in great lengths and is certified by all the top hair extension companies. And feathers are available. Whether it's making your hair longer or thicker, Janice can make your dreams come true. Go to longhairextensions.net and see the before and afters. And then pick up the phone and make an appointment for your free, that's right, free consultation. Call 702-326-6564. It's a whole new you with Hairworks by Janice Fasaro. When you walk into Dr. Gary Lee's Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic in Henderson, you'll love the design. Created as an elegant refuge of beauty, peacefulness, and tranquility. If cosmetic surgery is not right for you, then consider what Dr. Lee and the Horizon Ridge Wellness Center can do for you. Dr. Lee specializes in Botox. Cosmetic wrinkle filters, spider veins, laser skin technology, anti-aging wellness, and medical weight loss. At Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic, we help you look your best by giving you the inner confidence and strength to feel your best and to project this to the world. Call today, 702-938-0190 or on the web at www.hrwellness.net The Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic Welcome back and here's more of Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFong Hey, hey, and we are back with much more Shang Forbes here in Las Vegas. And we were just getting into some really good stuff right now <laughs> about your career when you started out. Right. And how long did it take you till you were making a living in comedy um, without the job? Without the job, um, six years. Six years. Okay. Six and years. when you were making a living, were you doing mostly comedy clubs? I was doing everything. I would do bars. Um, I, you know what is it? It's a, who who were a the dog fight? I'm there. So you were working like because uh, give me a time period. What was it? The eighties, the nineties? Where 80, were uh, early, late eighties, nineties? Late eighties, nineties. Okay. Yeah. So were you still like going to comedy clubs with two other comics uh, driving? I did that. Uh, yeah, yeah Down I to did Baltimore. that too. I, I used to go to the Comedy Factory in Baltimore. And we would caravan with a bunch of comics. Um, but I started getting work, work. Like, I started getting, like, you know, I went from I went from opener to feature fast. I would think. This is because I had such a backlog of material that by the time I started getting paid work, I was already a feature. But they would only hire me as an opener because they didn't, you know, they didn't. Right. Know. So how did you get all this backlog of material? I, I did. I was, I was a monster. I did sets constantly. And I was writing constantly. So... I was kind of a, a feature fast. I was a, a feature really fast. Did you have problems with other comedians ripping off material? No. How come? I, I, because, I'm very shocked. No, you know why? I think because a lot of my stuff early on was so persona driven okay. that they would have to do me. They'd have right. to imitate me. 
And uh, not that that's impossible. No, no, it's not impossible. Seen comics do oh no, that. I've seen people come out, and I'm going. You know, that's Gilbert Gottfried. Right, exactly. Why are you doing this? I see the face. I know what you're doing. And they do that. And I go. You don't talk like that. You're from Kenya. Why are you? How are you from Kenya? And now you're doing the old the Jew, and then the, you have a nice schmeckle. Don't be ashamed of putting And then, I'm going. Stop it. I know. I know. So no, for me. It was so persona driven, and I was around some comics that were really, like, literally would stab you in the throat if That's you did that. That's still around, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, isn't the, the backstabbing in this business just beyond belief? Yeah, yeah. I but, mean, I don't see it for singers. Singers, I interview singer after singer, Tony Orlando, and everybody's so nice. They're so nice to their colleagues. Comics, oh my gosh. Yeah. They will throw each other under the bus in like two yeah, seconds. That's very true. Right? Comics, comics, if they see a good bit, they go, hey, wait a minute, I'm going to be headlining in Jersey, and this guy's not going to do it. It happens bigger. all the time. Yeah, but I don't know. I never, I didn't get it. And plus, I, some you of You might my, not even know. No, well, I wouldn't know. But, <laughs> you know, a lot of comics, I, I did stuff that I was going so dark, my material. When like, I, what's the darkest thing? Give me an idea. I was doing, you know, abortion baby buckets of babies <laughs> I was really no, like no yeah because uh, I was uh, one of the comics that influenced me was Bill Hicks oh and wow so yeah I would watch Hicks and I would and we would try to out dark each other we would see who could be in fact his manager was my first manager Jack Mondros and uh, he, he influenced me huge um, so that's why I think I was doing so much I was trying to impress some of the older comics so I can be as edgy and dark right. and, you know and then uh, when I saw I could do both when I saw George Carlin I just flipped out too like I'd say so those are your guys Hicks, right there um, Hicks, Carlin uh, Dick Gregory wow uh, Dick Gregory because that's of, really going back yeah Dick Gregory and um, uh, there's a comic now but I don't it's a comic named Tom Rhodes I loved oh, the yeah. way he sure. his flow but I'd say the major major influence for me would be Bill Hicks and I, I've loved Eddie Murphy's swag, but not I, it wasn't his material. It was just he had such a cool swag. He'd walk out there with the leather on. I'm like, that's some rock star stuff right there. Yeah. So I'd say those would be the main core. But George Carlin blew me away. Just absolutely. What was your... See, I talked to Bill Maher many times about George Carlin because that's his favorite also. Yeah. That's his idol is Carlin. What is it about Carlin the most that you admired? Um, fearlessness. Just absolutely felt like I felt like he just didn't give a damn. What he didn't. People, he he just, didn't care. He just went full blast. He didn't care. And I met him here in Vegas. I met him. I was doing this is a long time ago. He used to have a club, Catch a Rising Star. Yes, uh, that I was in the there. basement. Yes, yes. And uh -huh. I was doing the Midnight Madness show, and he was doing the big show, and he actually came down and watched me. It had to be twelve thirty at night, and watched me. And I didn't know he was in the audience. And I walk out. I go, that looks like George Carlin. And it wasn't. And he came over. I don't know if I can say what he said, but he said, "You got, you got big enough to in a dumpster." Wow, uh, I know exactly. Got, yeah, what, yeah. yeah. He, he owns. He owns. You have Keons. melons big enough to, yes. you know, in a dumpster. And I actually put that on my resume. Like it was literally awesome. George Carlin says, and I wrote it out what he said, and then I would send it to people, and people thought I was kidding. Like, no, George Carlin really said that. Yeah, because I I remember the the set I did that night was really like really hardcore I was uh, just I was talking about the Supreme Court and the government and you know how I just thought they were all idiots and I would just I went in really hard and he was there 
and it was it was one of the best. That was one of the best nights of my comedy career. Just really? meeting him, and he didn't talk to me for more than five minutes. Like, because he said he was sleepy. He was like, it's, it's late. Well, he was old. Yeah, he said it's late. I'm going to bed. He's one of those guys who was always old. Yeah, <laughs> he's always I mean? old. And he and he um and then it made me after meeting him, even though I was a fan, I, I went back and saw the hippy dippy weatherman, and oh yeah, and I looked at him and you know was watching like. All the stuff he did, and then I just was a fan. Huge. I'm still a huge fan. I still, on my Facebook, I still post classic Carl in the show comics. This is how you do this. And I'm 1% near being as good as he was. Wow. To me, that's how I feel. I feel like, you know. Well, he, you, you have to keep striving, right? Yeah, he, you don't want to awesome. ever feel like you're uh, there. I bet you he felt the same way about himself. Like, he's not there. He's yeah, not there, yeah. you know? Yeah, and Carlin. But um, when I, Eddie Murphy came out, and he just walked out there, and just just was a star. And I just I I tried for a while there. I I didn't want to emulate Eddie, but I wanted to kind of capture that essence of when I walk out, it's on. Right. And it's star time. And I that's what I jacked from Eddie. I totally jacked that from Eddie Murphy. I was like, I thought I'm gonna walk out there like you know what, I am it. And even if the joke's not working, I'm still going to feel like <laughs> I love it. You know, so. What about Charlie Murphy? Are you familiar with Yeah, him? very much so. So what do you think about his uh, his brother, Charlie? He, you, know? you know what? He, it's more his stories that made me laugh. I don't think stand-up-wise he's a beast, but I think that his stories are actually funny. Doesn't he look like him, he sort looks of? Like, he looks like if... Eddie Murphy was thugged out. Yeah, like, like exactly. If, if Eddie Murphy went... Yes. But he's, you know what, I met him, and he was, I met him at the Improv, and he was the nicest guy. Yeah, I interviewed him, he's really, really nice, nice, but he is very, very thugged out. Yeah. He is thugged yeah. out, and I think he's proud of it. Yeah, you know? he, because he used to he's, knock used to people thug. out. Yeah, he used to be a thug. <laughs> he used yeah. to be a thug. I know, I, I, I was surprised how nice he was to me. I, yeah. When I met him, I, went, I, I, I was doing the late show at the Improv, and he was doing, he didn't do the late shows. He would do the 8 o'clock, and then I would do the 10 o'clock. So the whole week he's just doing anything, and um, I came in early to watch him, and he invited me into his room and was like super nice to me. Very neat. And, yeah, and I was like, wow, this is like a, not even a year ago. So I had never met him before that. I had met Eddie Murphy. I met him like maybe three times, and he was he what you expected? He was nice to me, and somebody said I was being cocky because I had a good set at the uh, at at the comedy club. It was this comedy store. It was a comedy store, and. I came off stage and I, Eddie Murphy said, "Hey man, how'd your set go?" Like I don't know him. He just was walking. That's really walk, cool. Or walking past, and I said, "I killed." And then all the other comments, "You shouldn't talk to Eddie Murphy that way." He's gonna. You're, you're, that was way too cocky. I'm like, why? Well, I, I had a I great set. I listen to other comedians. Yeah, I had a great set. It was one of those nights where I felt it. I had a great set, and. Um, you know, why would I say anything oh, else? Jesus. Yeah. yeah you know? But like you said, cat comics are a little skeevy. They're the worst. The worst. backbiters. Yes, they so are. So, I, you know, but I, luckily the comics that I have in my circle now that I that know me, because my thing is my life first now. Before it was comedy first. And now I think it's more my life first and then comedy. Like, it takes What precedence. made that change? Uh, uh, my son being born. Wow. Yeah, I think that changed. The first one? First one. The first one. And the second one, it just kind of enhanced it. You know, uh, that that's first, and then jokes. Yeah. But, I mean, even I'm here all this week, and I, I, I miss them. So. Do you talk about them in your show? A little bit. A little bit. Do they mind them. if you do? Uh, no, his mother doesn't like it. I'm sure. Yeah, but uh, no, they think, my older son thinks it's great. 
thinks it's funny. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it was because I, I. And do so, you tell it exact or do you have exact. to exaggerate exact. to clarify? No, the the, the fish tank incident. Uh, you know Cameron. Uh, <laughs> Him with the fish tank, and also um, he, uh, a girl I was dating briefly, um, he uh, gave her a concussion. What did he do? How he old is he? He was he was young then. He, okay. He, he was young then. Uh, he didn't like her. He didn't he didn't like her, and he was right. She ended up she was a bad person, and uh, <laughs> he had a Tonka truck. He had a the, you know Tonka truck. Yeah. Tonka truck, the metal one, and he he asked her, "Come here, lean down, lean down," and she says something rude to him. And he just cracked her in the head with it. And, <gasps> now I laughed. I laughed because I thought I didn't know she was hurt, but apparently she was wow. really hurt. Uh, but I found out well, she didn't like kids. Oh so, wow! And, How but, do you like that? And we have to take another quick break, and we'll be right back with much more Shang Forbes. Don't go anywhere. I got so many questions for okay. you, Shang. Yeah. My gosh. We'll be right back, and you are listening to Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFong. Plus, we are streaming live at LasVegasBackstageTalk.com every Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And all previous shows are archived at LasVegasBackstageTalk.com. Please visit our website. How would you like to create a whole new you? That's right. That person you see in the mirror every day, well, you can change how you look and how you feel about yourself by calling Hairworks by Janice Fusaro. Janice Fusaro is the Maserati of hair extension with over 20 years of experience and is the best of Las Vegas, specializing in great lengths and is certified by all the top hair extension companies. And feathers are available. Whether it's making your hair longer or thicker, Janice can make your dreams come true. Go to longhairextensions.net and see the before and afters. And then pick up the phone and make an appointment for your free, that's right, free consultation. Call 702-326-6564. It's a whole new you with Hairworks by Janice Fasaro. When you walk into Dr. Gary Lee's Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic in Henderson, you'll love the design. Created as an elegant refuge of beauty, peacefulness, and tranquility. If cosmetic surgery is not right for you, then consider what Dr. Lee and the Horizon Ridge Wellness Center can do for you. Dr. Lee specializes in Botox. Cosmetic wrinkle filters, spider veins, laser skin technology, anti-aging wellness, and medical weight loss. At Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic, we help you look your best by giving you the inner confidence and strength to feel your best and to project this to the world. Call today, 702-938-0190 or on the web at www.hrwellness.net The Horizon Ridge Wellness Clinic Welcome back and here's more of Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFong Hey, hey, and we are back with Shang Forbes and I cannot I, I've been dying to ask you this So Shang you being a comedian for so many years, Long time. have you ever dated a female comic? No. Why? 
I I don't know. I just they, is it a rule? I, or no, it's did not a rule just at all. Not happen. I I a couple I asked out and and uh, we were like trying, and I just um, was I got really busy. It was a time where I actually started headlining. I started getting a lot of work, and I just wasn't attentive enough. I would think that it's a lot easier to date a female comic because you bring her as a feature act. I yeah no I suggested that but they the the one. I was wanted to go out with. She was already opening for another comic, and oh. she already had dates booked. So we were trying. I, I say so, so. You couldn't schedule. You yeah, couldn't, we just uh, couldn't. And then after that, um, somebody said, ah, "I never date anybody in the business. Date someone that's not in the business." Which I've actually had worse situations. Yeah, because, because they don't get it. They don't get it at yeah. all. I, I, you know, they're civilians. Yes. They're civilians. And they they don't think, get it. This they is like, crazy. Of course. I'm coming home from work, and you're going to work. Right. And I, you know, I had a, a lot of relationships fail, truthfully, honestly, because of comedy. Of it course. Was, Solely because of comedy. Well, of course, yes. because you're married to the business yeah. and the lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. It's not just a, a job. It's not a nine to five. It's not, you know, yeah. you yeah. have to always take priority. You know, if you, if you, a bird in the hand, you got it, you got it. Yeah. What, was there a time when you said to yourself, wow, things have turned for me. I'm finally making it now. Um, yeah, I definitely had. I When I started touring and I started making a... A pretty sizable amount of money. Uh, it was doing pretty well, and uh, I see that, that big smile on no, your I, face. I, I started doing well. I started, I started making, uh, you know, what I consider, you know, a lot of money. Six figures is a lot of money, man. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I started doing really well. I started getting uh, more theater dates. Uh, I started because uh, a lot of times with uh, urban acts, they have a tendency to try to pigeonhole. Even if you're not an urban act, because I'm not an urban act in any way, shape, or form. That's why I, I was surprised you just said an urban. Well, act. yeah, they they try to they would try to paint me into that 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 you know box. They want to pigeonhole. Yeah, they wanted me to be like, yes. you gonna go do the Chitlin circuit, right? And I'm like, no, I'm not. Right. And so I I, I kind of shied away from that, and the manager at at the time was very upset with the fact that I wouldn't. I was like, no, I don't want to be on every. I want to be on a show for people, not just black people. Right. And I mean, I, I want black people to come to my show. I want everybody. I want, want Eskimos. I don't care who right. comes to the show, as long as they come and have a good time and laugh. And um, so, but I started doing good, and I knew I was uh, I was doing good. And then I took about maybe a year and a half, two years back when my son was born. I kind of stepped back. I stepped back. So, and it, and it's weird. I had my oldest son right when I started killing it. it so, what do you make then. of that? I don't know. Maybe it was uh, someone telling me, you know, slow down. Huh. And I wasn't like I was out you know, like shooting up like, yeah, <laughs> I just was really, really gone. Like I'd come home and I, I love fish tanks. I have a big giant fish and my fish tank would have a dust that thick on it because I was gone so long. And I would look and go, I'm paying for a place I literally don't live in. Who was feeding the fish? No one. <gasps> so I, it would be dead fish. It was oh, like, oh, plus, plus, oh, yeah. oh. Don't ask comics. And you said you liked sushi. No, I don't uh, know what's going on here. I would tell. <laughs> this is I, dark. Ne- never let comics say, "Hey, feed my dog," because comics won't do. I would oh tell. Oh my god. That's why. But um, <laughs> yeah, and it was it was a way to come home. I'd come home and go. My car's just parked and parked it forever. It's dust and. I come in and go. Yeah, no, wow. I don't eat in my own kitchen. I don't. I never. I like. I looked at my dining room and went. I don't even eat there. I'm never there. So. It was weird when my son was born. It kind of made me go, you know what? And I had some. I had enough loot at the time where I could literally take a break, and I took a break, 
Uh, about a year, about a year. You took a year break. I had, yeah, I had a deal. I had, a, I signed a deal with HBO, and so I had that deal money. I had the the deal money, and I had already saved up money from on the road. Right. Because you know it was just me, and so I had a pretty good chunk of change. And when he was born, I thought, well, you know, I'll just stay home and be daddy. How did you build up your social media following? Because you got a pretty heavy I'm doing following. Pretty good. How how did you do that? Was it from the movies? Was it from the comedy? Was it both? No, Was it none. everything? No, what? no. Um, I, what? I, I, I know. I opened up. I did uh, uh, Lollapalooza. I, I was. I did. They'd have comics go in between the the acts, and it was a band called Fishbone that it, they were headlining it, but didn't have a record out. And I'm like, how are you? headlining without a record album. yeah and they said well we have um a big you know email list and that was at the time it was just email list it wasn't um facebook and twitter and all this stuff and they said they had a big email list and we only and then he said look we don't worry about everybody else's fans he said go to the party with the girl that's going to french kiss you and i said wow okay and he said focus on that and then from that point on i literally started collecting emails like over, I would just like after shows. I would stand out there and get everybody's email. How? How? How did you do it? Were you put in your phone? Oh, oh, with I, a pen I, and I, paper. I, I, pen and paper at that time. And people just you didn't have to offer them something. No. you just said, "Give me your email and be if on my yeah. mailing list." If you think I'm funny, I'll let you know about other shows. Sign up on this. And a lot of people walk past me, but a lot signed up. And now I have about I have like two point eight million now. <gasps> so I have two point eight million. And how how powerful is that? Because That's, yeah. that really lets you be your own boss, yeah. basically. Because you could bring the people with you wherever you go. Yeah. You don't have to kiss somebody's behind no. to get in any venue like you had to do before. Right, right. very much so. Exactly. Now you can bring the following with you because yeah, you've got the e- you've got the mailing right. list. Right. Well, the email, the Twitter, um, you know, also through my website. Uh, people hitting my website so I think that was the main thing and so I would go to clubs and just do one night and pack it out and they didn't know how I did it and it was like all that's how you did it it was all social media and then when Facebook came when MySpace it was actually MySpace and I had about when MySpace kind of fizzled I had about almost a quarter of a million people then on, on MySpace and then I transferred my MySpace following to my Facebook and to my Twitter and everything. And you else. did all this by collecting emails, emails and gigs? At first, emails at first. And then I, I asked the guy that was working with the band and then a couple other people, like uh, the guy that did the For Jane's Addiction and a couple oh, yeah. other, of uh-huh. the bands. I was like, how do you do this? And they gave me some tips because I was opening. So they would give me tips and I would open for a lot of bands. I would open for a lot of That's bands. That's so hard. So That yeah. is so hard But to I would do. do well because I was so aggressive at the time. Now I'm not, now I'm more mellow. I was so aggressive at the time. I would open for mostly metal bands. Metal That's so hard. And um, that is like alternative hard. bands. I would yeah. open up for Alice in Chains. I would open up for wow. Rob Zombie. Um, Why do they put a comedian to open for a, a heavy metal band? That's a tough spot. Hey. No, you know what? My first one was Blue Oyster Cult. Really? For Blue Oyster Cult at the Coach House, and the reason was they had uh, there was an MC that came out. He, I went to see them as a fan, and the um, the MC got hit in the head with a beer bottle. Some guy threw a beer bottle and cracked him in the head. Oh my God! So the I get the one of the owners knew me and said, "You get up there, you know." And I got up there, and the guy, some the same guy, went to throw the beer bottle, and I ducked. And grabbed it and threw it back at him. And for some reason, the crowd went crazy. 
Like, yeah. And then I says, and then I start doing jokes. And but my jokes at the time were like so hardcore. I was doing stuff about putting hamsters in microwave ovens to hear the sound. Oh, jeez. You know, like, <laughs> Peter, yeah, Peter yeah, yeah. on you, they like white on rice. Yeah, That's but it. that, but that audience was like, yeah, yeah. I can. You, know, you have to do what you have to do to yeah, get their attention. Yeah, you sucker know? punching babies. Yeah, and, you know that kind of joke. And um, and then the guy was like, that was great, man. And gave me like 200 bucks. I was like, he said, you know how many bands I could get you to open for? That's so funny. And, so, and then, it, then, then the the band manager started saying, hey, there's this kid. Because at the time I had it really long. I used to have, a, my hair was shaved on the side. I had dreadlocks that went back and they were black with blue tipped. Wow. So I, I was kind of. Distinctive. Yeah, they kind of. <laughs> and so I started opening for bands. but um, And I was noticed how these bands had these huge mailing lists where they would just go to their fans. And I started doing that, and then just start building. And the, now, I, yeah, like my like for instance, my Shangri album, um, I sold thirty six thousand uh, of those online. It's amazing. So, but I, that's why I just started focusing on that. So now, like when I have meetings, the same thing with the special. When I have meetings, that's the first thing I go. I go, listen, this is uh, you may not know me, and then I'll turn my computer on and show the hits on my site. It's I'll brilliant. Just, like I'll just go. Watch these. Watch this. Wait two minutes and watch, and they see the hits, like. And then right around about a hundred thousand, I go, okay, you get it's it. It's like Russell Peters. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. He's a I, friend of mine. Yeah. Yeah, I interviewed him, and the name of the video is "Who's Russell Peters?" This is before he was on Last Comic Standing, which blew him up even more. Right, but but before nobody knew. No matter who I would ask, you ever hear of Russell Peters? Right. Nobody. He sells out everywhere he goes. Toronto Dome. Everywhere, yeah. everywhere, here in Vegas, it doesn't matter where this guy goes, he sells out. Yeah. Nationally, internationally, it's unbelievable. And yet nobody knows who that because is. Because, you know what? Because the, the audience is shredded. Like, this is old school because I'm old. <laughs> it, it, that's if, uh, like, at the time, like, this, this is really old. If you were on Ed Sullivan, everyone that's saw That's right. You. So it wasn't a shredded audience. But there's so many channels now. You could be really big because you're on Bravo. You could be on, like, I, I love watching the uh, station Velocity. They are stars, but you wouldn't know who That's they right, are. That's right, unless you watch. Unless that, you watch yeah. that. And so now it's so separate and segregated with, not segregated, I don't know if that's the right word, but just, you know, audience Carpenmentalized is there you what go. it is. There, yes. yes, yes. So that's why. And I, pretty much my audience comes to see me. Like when I come to Vegas, there's a distinct audience that comes to see me. And they come every What time. does your demographic look like? I know we're uh, running out of time no, on no, this segment. Um, we have one minute. What is your demographic? My demographic look looks like, like um, it's literally, it's a, a solid mix. It's not a perception of some of the media where they think, oh, it's all white people. Come what about school. all? What about age wise? Um, I'd say the somewhere out fifty fives. Really? 60, yeah. Is that interesting to you? That's excellent. Yeah, it's fantastic. So I can do an older reference that I know they'll get. That's right. And then I can still, you know, do a younger reference so the younger audience gets it. So I mix it up. This has been a fantastic interview. Shang Forbes, don't forget, Shang is Shangri. And the website, make sure the website, IamShang.com, Twitter, Comedian Shang, Instagram, Comedian Shang. Anything else? No, I just want to make sure my social media stays out there. We got it. Thank you so much. Thank you, young lady. You are awesome. Oh, goodness. Awesome. Don't sue me. Don't sue me. She just. I did. My tooth. I did. Did I chip your tooth? Are we okay? Oh, gosh. I'm so sorry.
And that's it for this week. And we'll see you next time. You have been listening to Las Vegas Backstage Talk with your host, comedian Michelle LaFon, where you can listen in on those inside conversations and backstage stories with the stars that make Las Vegas the entertainment capital of the world. We are streaming live every Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on LasVegasBackstageTalk.com. Audio of past shows are archived on LasVegasBackstageTalk.com. Videos of backstage interviews are also on LasVegasBackstageTalk.com. And we are available on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Las Vegas Backstage Talk.